Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode 103. Hello again, everyone. Tom Purcell here, and thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener or long-time subscriber to the show via iTunes or RSS feed, either way, we're glad you're with us. And it's a great week this week. The memorial is coming up, and we have a, a, a great guest who who is a, a guy behind the scenes for a very long time. But if he was in show business, he'd have a trophy case full of of Oscars for uh, best producer and director. He's uh, let me give you a little history of one of the original vice presidents of R and D for McGregor Golf. He was a chief designer for Pro Group, Arnold Palmer's group, vice president of R and D for Cobra, for Acushnet, founded Plus Two, and now also is responsible for Nicholas Golf Equipment. Who else? Mr. Clay Long. Clay, thanks so much for joining us. Tom, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having us. That, that's a huge background, and we probably spend, that's over 25 years, we probably spend 25, 30 minutes talking about it, but how, how'd you get your start? Are You're originally from, not far from where we are, right? That, that's right. I, I grew up in Meridian, Mississippi, you know, not too far from you, and you know, I, I was a, co- a golfer, high school golfer, and uh, I, went to, I, I went to Ole Miss on a golf scholarship, so I, I was, you know, I've been a golfer from way back. And uh, study enge- studied engineering up at Ole Miss. And uh, when I got out of school, I, I worked for, like, I think I worked five years down in, in Natchez for International Paper Company. And, and then I just sort of lucked up and got a job at McGregor Golf Company over in Albany, Georgia. And, uh, you know, as they say, the rest, as they say, is history because uh, it, was, uh, it was the perfect job for me. The kind of stuff that I like to do and my interest in golf. And I love to tinker and I love the machine shop. And it was a it was a perfect fit. It was like not even having to go to work in the morning working over there. Uh, what a stable of players you guys had back then. When you think of you know Nicholas Weisskopf, all, all those unbelievable stable of players. Oh, you know it was back in those days. I mean, it was one of the big four. I mean, it had a you know, a long history of uh, of great product intervention and product status and a huge stable of players, Nicholas, Weisskopf, Crutchaw, Johnny Miller even. I think even Watson played McGregor at one time in his early career. And back then you so even had a ball too, right, the tourney ball. Yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. In fact, we made balls there in Albany, in the plant there, uh, part of the time I worked up there. It was a great place. You know, it was a, when I first got there, it was running around the clock, uh, three shifts making wood woods and uh, forged and cast irons all in the, all in the plant there. used to grind and polish and stamp and plate and, you know, every, we did everything except uh, forge the, the raw heads there. A lot of great products over the years. Probably one of the most popular ones that you were in on the design was, back to 1986 Masters, the response putter. Talk about how that evolved and what it, what it became in just a short period of time. You know, that was, that was obviously uh, my claim to fame. But what, what, a, what a great fun that is to, to, to be involved with a bunch of people and have a product take off like that. And, and certainly to, to have something, you know, in, in Jack's hand, when he did what he did at the, at the Masters that year, it's, uh, it, it was it was just I can't tell you how much fun it was. I mean, we were busy trying to figure out how to make enough putters, but uh, it, it was really, really an incredible experience. The, the whole thing, and, and I guess particularly, you know, having that little that little sideline connection to uh, to the event there is is great fun. Every every time I see a, a replay or. Or of course, every year at the Masters, it's, it's always a thrill to, to think about. Hey, you know, we uh, we we played a played a little part in that 
by by uh, by building that putter. Well, talk about the method behind the madness to that putter. I think it was was it response ZT for zero, yes, zero twist. Right. Yeah, zero twist. We, you know, we were actually developing a different concept at the time. We we were not out, we were not actually trying to develop an oversized putter. We were working on another concept that was that required the putter face to be really deep. Uh, we were it was a corrective a face that was cut at an angle. And you weren't supposed to be able to see it looking down at it, so the top line had a, had a little bit of an overhang. And in order for the overhang not to hit the ball, it had to be kind of tall. And and so we just scaled up the size of the putter, you know, to get us a deep face. And then through the development of that, the USGA had uh, had deemed it non-conforming because of the little the little ledge made the face not flat. And so we had these these giant aluminum putters that we had been experimenting with, and we had been putting with them. And recognized the fact that they they rolled the ball very well. They were very very solid, and and of course they had huge inertia because they were so big. And so we we ultimately decided we'd see if we could make a product out of that, just a flat face version of it. And and so it's really funny how you know things like that happen. You're not necessarily looking directly at what where you're going, and you know and, and it turned out to be this uh, you know this phenomenal successful product there at the company and and played a part in the Masters win. Well, when you think over the years, the number of putts that Jack made with the George Lowe Wizard, how hard was it to get that new putter in his, in his bag and in his hands? Well, you know, Tom, we never for a second ever, ever imagined that he would actually use that putter. You know, it was never in anyone's conscious thought that, hey, you know, if we make this, if Jack goes out and uses it, you know, we'll sell a bunch of putters. It was like this putter is, a, is sort of a – a putter to help people that don't putt that good putt much better. People that don't hit it solid, don't you know, hit it all over the face, and you know it's like a game improvement putter. But lo and behold, he was playing very poorly early that year, actually late late in '85. And he and I sent him some down to test, and uh, and he, for some unknown reason, he decided you know he would use it for a while, and and really played really poorly the first part of '86. Uh, if you look at how he played that year, he, he didn't play well at all. And we just thought, well, he, you know, any day now he'll put that, put that back in the bag and put it in the closet, and, uh, and that, that'll be the end of this product. But he stuck with it, ended up winning the Masters, turned his game around, won the Masters, and then he, then he actually putted with a putter. Uh, he putted with an oversized putter for about 10 years after that. So he really putted with it for quite a long time. Well, after... The Masters in 1986, that's where the challenge began because now you've had this thing on worldwide TV. Everybody wants a piece of it. How do you start mass producing this thing? I think you guys did in the neighborhood of 350,000 putters, right? That's right. We did about, in about, in about two and a half years, we sold about 350,000 of those. And uh, we, had, we, had, we had forecasted to sell 6,000 in 1986. That was our forecast. So we went to the PGA show in January, and we took 300 putters to give away. And, and you know, we, if we sold 6,000 putters, we were going to be really happy. And uh, I think we, we booked, in those days, you actually booked product at the PGA show. I think we booked about 5,000 at the show. So we were, you know, we were just really thinking we were really hot stuff. <laughs> you know, early in the process, because we, we had sold, we had oversold the forecast pretty, pretty, pretty early in the process. And then uh, I think by the time Jack, by the time the Masters had come up, we had sold about twenty thousand of them. So we had, you know, we had a, we had internally a, this this huge internal success for you know for our 
level of uh, expectation. Oh, you guys were partying in Albany. You've blown your forecast out the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were. You know, we were. We were pretty busy. You know, making putters. But then when he won the Masters, it just absolutely went through the roof. I mean, we we really didn't have any concept really of what what a true hot product really was all about in in our business. In fact, in fact I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that we'd ever had a product. I'm not sure the company had ever had a product, you know, that was that hot, that internationally hot, you know, just overnight. And uh, so I think we, we made about 110000 120000 that year. That was all we could make. You know, we went to the foundries and, and doubled and tripled our tooling, and, and, uh, and then we, and we made another, I guess, another 150000 the next year, and then it started tapering off the third year. But... I mean, we were running back and forth out here to California to the foundries and to the tool makers getting, you know, additional molds made and worried about how many they could make in a month. And it was just, uh, it was crazy, but it was great, great fun. Certainly just just an absolutely amazing story. Clay Long joining us, designer extraordinaire. From that point, you go go to work with, with Mr. Palmer and then on the Cobra. Kushner, what, what were you seeing trend-wise in golf? Obviously, cavity back irons were coming into play and, and different things with putters. Well, you know, uh, in 86, we were still making some wood woods at, at, at McGregor. I don't think we, we didn't introduce our first uh, full-line uh, metal wood until 1987. So, so it was in a transition period uh, as wood woods were dying and metal woods were coming on strong in that in that period of time. And I stayed there until 1992, so I stayed there quite a number of years afterwards. But, you know, the the product technology has changed so much than when I first started in the business. We've gone from wood wood to metal wood, you know, to oversized metal wood, and then to, to oversized titanium drivers. To Just just as a start, uh, there was no high-modulus graphite shafts available when we first started. You know, you, you, you couldn't buy a graphite shaft that, that really... It was low torque at that time, and so all those things have just uh, really changed the changed the game. Got cavity back irons, of course. You know, I mean, there were very few of those made. I, I mean, Ping I two. I don't think he introduced that until 1985. So that that had just really started to catch on. You know, when Jack won the Masters, of course. You know, that technology. Uh, practically everything you can you buy now is a is a, a cavity back heel toe weighted. Uh, high inertia iron so all that's just all that's changed and, and then i guess you know if you look at ball technology around the 2000 era when the when the three-piece ball your thing covered ball uh came into the marketplace i mean you, you know how much that changed the game it, it really changed uh, the the professional game as well as uh, you know i think everyone's enjoyment oh completely changed the game yeah just, just unbelievable amount of change when you look at, at what, you know, it's it's really hard to imagine sometimes when you look at some of these old uh, shows on the Golf Channel and you see, you know, you see some of the, the guys of yesteryear playing with wood wood and you think, God, you know, we <laughs> we actually used to make equipment out of wood. It's, it's just amazing to think how far things have changed. And you remember the last two or three tour players, I think Corey Pavin was one and I'm trying to think who the other was that that, that wouldn't change Davis because Love they could late. they couldn't shape the ball, they said, you know, and how all that's yeah, changed. Davis Love was late changing, I think. Yeah. Well, you're obviously back uh, working with Mr. Nicholas and, and his team. Tell us what's going on now in, in your day-to-day life. Well, I've got a little machine shop out here in California in Carlsbad, 
and uh, and we've been developing uh, Nicholas Golf Equipment Company's uh, ProLine product for I guess almost over ten years now. I've been working with with those guys there uh, back after I left Cobra. And of course, you know, Jack Nicholas and I we go way back to the McGregor days from way back, and then. I think there was about an eight-year period where I where I did some consulting work for Arnold Palmer, and then I, I was uh, working over at Cobra and Cushnet for three years. That I, that I didn't really work too much with Jack. But you know, we're gosh, you know, we're designing clubs on the computer now. Uh, you know, doing all the high-tech stuff that you have to do to make uh, you know world-class performance equipment. And uh, you know, like I tell people, we do it the same way the big boys do it uh, on the computer. Sometimes, sometimes we. We make models by hand, we, depending on what we're doing. And uh, working closely with the guys down in West Palm. And, and, you know, the same old drill, trying to figure out what people want to buy. Well, you know, everybody sees Jack a lot in uh, in his other businesses, most likely, you know, golf course design and all that. He's still pretty involved in the club-making business, is he not? Well, you know, he is. He looks at every, you know, he, he looks at everything that's made. We, we run everything by him as we're working on it and develop with it. And the guys down in West Palm, I think, spend more time with him than I do because they're closer to him. But, uh, but yeah, sure. You know, he lo- he loves golf clubs, as, as you can imagine, anybody would that, that that has made their living playing golf. And uh, you know, we're we're you know, we always have the the uh, the knowledge that that whatever we build has his name on it. And so you're always conscious of of trying to make the very best product that you can, the best looking product, the best performing product, because at the end of the day, it's got Jack's name on it, and I think that's uh, you know that's one of the most important things to know about the Nichols Golf Equipment Company and those of us that work on the product that uh, we're very cognizant of that fact that you know th- this is going to have Jack Nichols's name on it, so it, it better be good. Every piece is going to have a signature of the greatest that ever played the game. Speak, right. Speaking of Jack and the greatest, a tournament he started thirty years or so ago, the Memorial, will be happening this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Memorial? It's always a thrill to watch it, you know. I mean, I, the golf course is always in immaculate condition, and, and I know Jack has it where it's a, a supreme test for those guys. You know, it's almost like a major. It, it, you know, I, I think I think the Memorial and, and the Players' Championship are, I almost consider those like second majors uh, during the year. You won't see a, a field in any other event that's not a major better than this one or the Players' Championship. That's right. That's right. You know, they, they all come... Uh, they all come to play Jack's course, and, and Muirfield, the golf course is just a just a fantastic golf course as well. And, you know, on top of everything else that that they do up there so well, the golf course is is just a, a jewel, a real jewel. Well, Clay, thanks so much for carving out some time for us. We know you're busy, and uh, best of luck to your old Miss Rebels this year in uh, in college football. And I'm sure uh, hopefully you get by this way if you're ever down in the southeast again. Tom, I'll come see you next time I come down to Pensacola. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Same here. Take care, Clay. Right. Well, the old saying goes, you can take the boy out of the south, but not the south out of the boy. What a southern gentleman, Clay Long. Thanks so much for joining us. And what a great walk down memory lane he has and the memories he has working with uh, not only Jack Nicholas but uh, Mr. Palmer, his his team, Cobra Golf, Akushnet, and, uh, and, and just a great story. Thanks so much for Tony Pando at Nicholas Golf for setting up that interview with, with Clay Long. Absolutely fantastic. Just a reminder before we sign off, keep checking back to the Golf Better podcast homepage. That's edwinwattsgolf.com. Scroll down and click on the Golf Better podcast. couple things to pay attention to. One is the register to win icon because we always have something neat 
and uh, and and fun that have a chance to win that our our vendors and partners donate where we can uh, we can supply it to you our, our listening audience and make sure to be checking back with that also the iTunes button and the RSS feed that's a way that you can automatically have Golf Better podcast downloaded straight to your computer iPod or MP3 player where you can listen to it just about any time hey let's turn the clock back to episode 101 we'll give this away it's a Boo Weekly autographed book and cap courtesy of boo weekly himself and boo weekly apparel he he autographed those while he was at our bluffton store just outside of hilton head south carolina and the winner is pete goudreau of shemokin dam pennsylvania pete congratulations excited for you and we're going to be getting that book and cap out in the mail to you just as soon as we can well thanks again to clay long for taking the time to spend with us today for Tony Pando and our friends at Nicholas Golf for putting us together, and to you, the listeners, for listening in once again. And join us next time when we have another exciting episode of Golf Better at EdwinWadsGolf.com. So long, everyone. <laughs>